Hey everybody, welcome back to the show. This is episode 46 of the live show on YouTube. I sat down with my good friend Chris Cooper, who is a ASA archery professional, and we talked about all things compound bow, tuning, and arrows. I think if you guys are into, uh, you know, tinkering with your compound bow, this would be a great episode for you, or if you're wanting to learn how to do it, again, a great episode for you. So before we get into the episode, I got to thank one of my sponsors, and that is from Exodus Outdoor Gear, the guys that got a new camera coming out on the 16th of February. Their render is obviously a, a, a really good camera and all that, but it is expensive, you know, it's a, it's a higher-end camera. They finally got a budget cell camera for everybody. Um, it's going to be called the Rival, and the MSRP on it is going to be $179. Um, but at launch here, you can save $30 at checkout uh, if you use code LAUNCH. And it'll be live on their website February 14th at, at midnight. So there's some really cool things uh, about this camera. 0.3 second trigger speed, 70 feet detection distance uh, with adjustable sensitivities, 30 second photo transmission, super quick. Adjustable image quality and uploaded photos. Has really good HD imaging. It's compatible with the solar panel SP18 and also $179 and you're getting the five-year warranty still. That's crazy. So it's a good option for you guys that are in the market for a camera. It's going to rival some of the other brands uh, that are a little more uh, affordable. Um, they've taken all the feedback they've gotten over the years and kind of built it into this camera at a uh, budget-friendly price. So if that's something you guys are interested to, make sure you use that code LAUNCH to save 30%, excuse me, $30 off of each camera while supplies last on February 14th at midnight. Go over to ExodusOutdoorGear.com um, to get all that information to order you some rival cameras. If you are listening to this before January 16th, Exodus team is going to go live at 7 p.m. Eastern um, to talk about the camera over on all their social media platforms so don't want to you don't want to miss that either if you have questions about it go over there and ask them all right let's get into the episode hope everybody's doing good tonight uh you see you got a new face um in front of you tonight it's my buddy chris cooper and uh he is what i would call a professional archer and we get a lot of like gear questions about bow and arrow and everything else that me and dan don't know about so i thought i'd just have chris on and uh, we could talk about bow and arrows and like some real technical stuff with bow and arrows and get down deep in the weeds of things that uh, us deer hunters like to talk about. So how's it going, Chris? It's going good. <laughs> good. Thanks for having me on. Oh, yeah, no problem. <clears throat> Sorry, um, Dan can't be on. Yeah, I, uh, I invited Dan and he's like, I know nothing about this subject. I'll, I'd add nothing to this. So he's like, you guys just go ahead. So that's why Dan's not he's not going to hop on. He may be listening, but he's not going to hop on tonight. Um, anyway. You guys that are new or on for the first time, just ask your questions in the comment section over here, and we can try to answer them at the end of the uh, end of the session. Here, we'll talk for about forty-five minutes or an hour, and then um, answer as many questions <coughs> as we can. Uh, also, uh, if you like what we're doing, make sure you hit the like button and subscribe to the channel. That'd be awesome. What else? I think that's it. Uh, oh, when the Q and A gets here. I'll put a link to get on live. If you got a question you want to ask live on the, on the show to me or, or Chris and uh, just make sure you're in an appropriate area and try not to cuss or anything. Cause you'll be live on, on YouTube here. Um, anyways, how'd your season end up this year? 
I talked to you a little bit about it. We didn't talk as much this year as we usually. No, had in the we past. didn't talk as much. Uh, well, I was off pretty well the whole month of November. Yeah. So <clears throat> I hunted Indiana and Illinois. It was good. Uh, Illinois was that was probably some of the best deer hunting I've seen other than Ohio. Yeah. Uh, it was awesome. Um, Indiana was a great year too, as you know. I yeah. had some yeah. ups and downs, <laughs> and we can we can go over that, you know, <laughs> later. But uh, definitely had a trying season in Indiana. Um, yeah. But, uh, so. but we did fill our tag and uh that's all that matters so. that's the goal at the end of the, the yeah. end of and the we, day we can talk about that if we have time later <laughs> yeah for sure <clears throat> but no we we're gonna get into the bow stuff and i guess what we're gonna do guys is like chris has his hunting bow set up to his left over here and i was just gonna go like pretty much from its bow itself down to the rest to the side to the stabilizers and like just go through <clears throat> like what a professional archer thinks about when he's tuning or setting up um a bow for for hunting and like what's important what's not important for for hunters um what a target archer may worry about where a you know a hunter may have a completely different outlook on or need to have a, a completely different outlook on it so you good with that yeah we'll talk about arrows too that's something that is always a hot hot topic is arrows and we'll talk about that at the end though um so the bow itself coop bow itself yeah <coughs> you uh Matthews V3X. <laughs> um, um, you, uh, we were talking a little bit before we got on here about brace height. Yep. And you were kind of saying, like back in the day, brace height was kind of an, an important thing, whereas now technology has come You're a long right. ways where yeah. it's not quite as a big a deal for for hunters. Yeah, but, you can you can get a longer brace height now and still almost have the same speed, you know. Yeah. But I mean, most of your hunters are going to want a six inch brace height bow, seven inch. Um, I don't really worry about brace height as much as, you know, string angle. Yeah. I want to feel good when I'm at full draw. Um, string angle is <clears throat> probably my my big thing. So I'm more about axle axle. You know, I like a 33 to 35-inch hunting bow. Yeah. But I shoot most of my target bows are 35. I think <clears throat> the one I have now is like a 36-inch TRX Matthews. Um, but, yeah. So on the brace height, I think a lot of guys can get carried away with that, you know. Yeah, I mean, it's, it seems like anymore. The big, the big thing that most people need to know about picking out any bow doesn't matter who you pick out. But the number one thing is probably that I would say is make sure the grip feels good in your hand because if yeah. it doesn't feel good, <clears throat> you're gonna torque it and stuff like that. And then you know, like that, that's just the first thing when you grab one off the shelf. Hey, I like that grip. Is there something like in a grip's quality that would make it do that, like like square grip or like a rounded grip, or I is mean, it all per, per, personal preference? I mean, I think it's all personal preference. You know, like I like, I mean, I I don't, I think the the grip that comes on the Matthews, I don't like them, but I do yeah. like the side plates. Um, I always like shoot. I like a thinner grip, um, <clears throat> just fits in my hand better. Some guys, I mean, you know, when you were shooting Hoyts there for a while, you always liked a little beefier grip yeah. than me. Yeah, I hated Matthews' <clears throat> grip. Right, you didn't like it. Mm -hmm. So um, I think that's all just a preference thing, but that should be the first thing someone goes to grab a bow. Hey, yeah. the grip feels good, then you need to go shoot it, make sure draw length, string angle. You know, I uh, string angle is a big thing with me. I just feel like I shoot that bow better. But um, And we – the riser's pretty long. Your spring too. string angle comes from different axle axle lengths, right? right? Yep. Yeah, that's something you like. I got to think about, like when you're buying a new bow too. That's like the biggest change you'll the way it feels on your face and whatnot. Oh yeah, for sure. Well, I go from a 36 inch bow from shooting 3D or indoors. <clears throat> I want something that feels kind of similar, yeah. you know, because I'm used to that feel. Um, 
and I'm not, this is not a plug to Matthews by any means because I am not sponsored by them anymore, but that is my favorite hunting bow that they've ever made. Um, it shoots really good. Yeah. Um, that's the thing though. Nowadays, like they all like they, everybody, we, me and Dan yeah. shoot suits a prime. We freaking love yeah, that. Thing. I haven't shot one. Yeah. You know what I mean, I do like their grip. Yeah. Their grip feels good. Yeah. They're all, yeah. Their grip, their grip is nice. You know? Um, yeah. I feel like it's a hybrid between like a Hoyt and a, the Matthews squared off thing that I don't like, but <laughs> I'll tell you, I tell you one of the, probably the, the best bow that I've shot that I've never hunted with is a PSE Mach one. Oh really? Carbon bow. Hmm. <clears throat> I shot the ATA there. God, everything's just so expensive. Like a year, <laughs> a year, two, two years ago, maybe. I don't remember when I shot last, but yeah, yeah it's expensive. I mean, they're but, yeah, but I think I think like it the, doesn't matter. I always tell because I've had like a couple buddies this year buy new bows, and it's like, man, just go and pick out the one you like the most. Like, don't even look at the brand. I mean, they're all it doesn't so matter. Good they're now. all expensive. Yeah. yeah, yeah, they're all expensive and they're all good. <laughs> I mean, you're you're not gonna get a a high end bow for a cheap price. Yeah, it's not gonna happen. Right, no matter what. Um, so I want to go back to axle axe a little bit. Yeah. So there, there used to be, and maybe this is still the case. There used to be like a stereotype where a, a shorter axle axle bow wouldn't be as forgiving as something that's 35 <clears throat> or 36 inches axle. So is that like the case anymore you think, or is it? I think a lot of that was based off of guys with longer draw lengths. <clears throat> you know, I'm a, I'm a shorter draw. I'm a, depending on what bow it is, I'm a 28 and a quarter to a 28 and a half inch draw. Yeah. Maybe a little over, depending on, like I said, depending on what bow. Most bows, I'm 28 and three eighths. Yeah. So, um, my opinion, I think that got blew out of proportion a little bit. Yeah. Because, you know, you not it's not like one size fits all. You know, I have a, a good friend of mine. He shoots the 29 inch Matthews. Yeah. Um, he's probably 5'2". Yeah. You know, 27 inch draw. And he's yeah. like, man, I can't shoot them longer bows. And it makes sense. I mean, he's, he's a lot right. smaller. His arms are shorter than me. Um, so I, I think all that depends on who you are and how you're built. Yeah. If someone's 6'3 with a 30-inch draw, you know, they're not going to want to shoot a 26-inch axle axle bow. Right. They're just they're just not. Well, why is that, though? Is it just, will it just be uncomfortable for it's them? Or? Be, it's probably going to be a little uncomfortable. For, I mean, I guess they could. I guess let me, let me back up. It's not that they're not going to want to shoot it. Yeah. But if they shoot it. And a 33-inch bow, yeah. they're going to pick the 33. Gotcha. You know, if someone just goes in, hey, this is this, this is a 29-inch bow, is there, shoot it. But. Is there just so much more that can go wrong in all that movement in a small bow with that long of a draw not, length? Not really. <clears throat> Again, a lot of it's just preference on yeah. where it's at on your string. Your yeah. String angle. Oh, yeah, I <clears> guess. You know, if you want to, if you torque it a little bit more, yeah. you know, longer bows is going to be a little bit more forgiving. That makes sense, yeah. I guess um, your string angle will just be astronomical with a 31-inch bow right. and a 26 You're going to be really fast. Yeah, I mean, because you know, those, I mean, twenty-nine inch bow is a lot quicker. Yeah, really. Yeah, it, it's a little bit faster. Yeah. Huh. I guess I don't. I don't pay attention to speed at all anymore. Yeah, I mean. So I didn't didn't realize that. I guess. Like I said, there's so much good stuff out there nowadays. Yeah. It doesn't matter what bow you shoot. It this really good. is the speed like. Like it's is, my new problem. Okay. Yeah. yeah. If you're a long draw, it doesn't matter what bow you shoot. No. You need to well, shoot I'm the like most you, stable, like rigid bow, which is going to be your longer bows. Yeah, you know, they're a little they're a little bit more stable. They're not as easy to torque and twist, and yeah, they're just and the yeah, I guess angle, that, and the string angle feels better. Gotcha, I gotcha. Does most of the companies now like the the strings and cables they have on the bows? They're all are they for the most part acceptable yeah, for yeah. hunters? I mean, they're all they're all decent. I mean, they're not bad. I mean, the mo the average guy's probably not going to know, but that the the number one thing that 
when people come to my house, the number one thing I see that most people overlook is they buy whatever lighted knock they think's great, and they don't worry about their center serving. We've talked about that. Yeah, like, I'm very like particular pitch. about my center serving. Like I want the best knock fit that I can have. Tell people what your center serving is in case they don't don't understand what you're talking about. Just grab your uh, bow and show them what it is. I thought you meant the uh, the center serving there. Yeah, like yeah. this part part where your knock fits into the. I think D -loop. that's uh, nineteen thousandths power. Yeah, grip. that's my favorite. Yeah, but when guys guys go buy a pack of nocturnals at Bass Pro and then they they fit like the, right. take take off their their standard that, knock that and, and it's like with. you got to like push it into the string to get it on. That makes a huge difference, especially shooting broadheads, yeah. like fixed blade broadheads or something. I mean, remember when you first brought your bro to me, first thing we did was whenever yeah, you first it. came over here, I first met you, I cut the serving off. I was like, that ain't going to work, man. Yeah, too tight. It was too tight, right? Yeah. And, I mean, a lot of guys will go and they'll side in with normal knocks, and then they'll go get the nocturnals, which yeah. the nocturnals is a great knock. Yeah. Um, but, but then they don't check it, and they go. If you're you going to put them on, yeah. you need to right. shoot them and tune right. your bow with them. Bow's just like a gun. I mean, just like ammunition, just like bullets. Everything shoots better for that person, that individual. I mean, it, it does. It doesn't matter. It's, yeah. it's the same philosophy there. There's some people on here t commenting that, uh, like, some of the older bows are cheaper. Uh, how much technology do you think has proved like the last five or six years? But like, if a guy huge, does huge, really, in the last five to six years, yeah, five to ten, yeah, oh yeah, no, like if you're gonna buy a bow from 2020 versus 2023. Oh, probably not a lot. No, gotcha. No, 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 yeah, no. yeah. I thought you meant last like five or ten. I would say not. Five. Yeah, ten years. Yeah, yeah, I'd say I'd agree with you. I'd but say like, I would probably say even five. Yeah, but like the last three years, no. It, yeah, like I had a, I think I had a Matthews VXR. I sold that to Clayton Beard. Yeah. <clears throat> um, that was until until that bow. That was the, the best hunting bow I ever owned. I thought I'll never get rid of it. Yeah. That 2020 season, I shot that. I shot that elk. And then two whitetails with that bow. And I mean, it just smoked right behind my pen every time. Shot great. <clears throat> uh, I set that up this this year. And uh, I think about getting another one to shoot tournaments with. Yeah. Down, so. <laughs> you like it a lot. I, huh? do, I really like it. Yeah, uh, I, I, that's I, funny. But yeah, I don't. A lot of people are just like commenting about uh, it's, you know, uh, getting an older bow is not a bad idea if you're wanting to save a little money, as long as it's not real, real old. Right. No, if you're wanting to save some money, I'll be honest with anybody. <clears throat> when you buy a new bow off the shelf, it's like buying a brand new car off the car lot. It yeah. goes as soon as you walk out that door with it, it goes down in value. It yeah. just doesn't matter. You're not gonna you, you have a tough time getting your money back out of a used bow. You're better off to just buy a new one, keep it for three to five years, and then if you want get, something get, or not or not or keep it. If yeah. you love it, then keep <laughs> it. Yeah, like I'm not getting a new hunting bow next year. Yeah, I mean I'm getting ready to leave for Arizona, and I'm I'm I'm, yeah. gonna, I'm gonna hunt with that in Arizona next week, and then I'm gonna hunt with that. Next all year. next year and yeah. maybe maybe a little longer until i i haven't shot the phase four or i haven't shot any of the new uh pses they have some really good stuff too i think you know uh pses really coming on strong and i haven't shot any hoyts <clears throat> bowtech yeah. i did shoot one of those look pretty good and yeah. then uh Dart, like, darton's got some new stuff out too that's pretty good they got a prelude 32 or something yeah i think they're like the takeaway is like you freaking name like most of the companies in, in the industry. Right, they're all good. Yeah, it, yeah. That's what I mean. Yeah. Like I really don't feel like it matters. It's all personal preference. Um, I personally, I went, you know, when Matthew sponsored me for a while, I just learned the bows in and out and so you can work what I'm comfortable stuff, with. Yeah. I know I, I can break one down in a second. And I've done it with your other bows you've had yeah, yeah. too, <clears throat> but they're just easy for me, and I can tune them real quick yeah. and get going. I, know I guess what I need to do. before we go any farther, I forgot to do this, but like 
tell everybody like you you're a professional archer so what, what's that mean like what did you shoot and like it means i paid my money and <laughs> and, and shot against the best in the world That's yeah right but you did well yeah did okay yeah, yeah. um you shot what's called asa right i shot asa i shot uh indoor nationals before as well um i've never shot vegas or anything like that right. but i shot indoor nationals in Louisville professionally yeah yeah <clears throat> that's a five spot tournament yeah um asa ibo yeah 3d i'm a 3d guy i, I like to shoot spots i they're, they're fun um but uh I, 3d is my passion you're right. outside you're it's like you're hunting you're judging yardage yeah i shoot the unknown classes um i did shot you, no did you get into targets <clears throat> because you were hunted or was it yeah yeah when i was a little kid my dad just i mean that was our thing you know i played sports and when we didn't want playing sports we were shooting bows yeah we're hunting you know i started with fingers and a browning micromidas yeah <clears throat> actually i think i may have a bow in here somewhere i thought i did yeah one of my old target bows oh but, yeah <laughs> hard to words it anyway all right let's go back to uh the bow setups there then is there anything else like on the bow itself people need to like think about before they go and buy one or um i feel like we covered a lot of it didn't we i mean like I, you know, so, I we'll mean, get in all the accessories here in a second you know but. i mean you can take a lot of things into consideration a lot of <clears throat> you know a lot of guys are like roller guards instead of just a cable rod yeah you know um roller guard performs a little better in my opinion during the rain yeah. Um, but I think some of the roller guards now that they've improved on, you know, there's probably some of that technology out there that doesn't affect it at all. Yeah. Um, I just know, you know, my, I shot some other yeah. bows. Yeah. 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 I, I always lost a few yards, <clears throat> you know, um, but like one year I shot for Martin and uh, it got wet and I lost a little bit of yards. But that, again, that was me learning the bow. You know, yeah. there was other there was other cable rod options that I could have done and I didn't do. Right. I, but I learned yeah. that after that, you know. So. Right. Yeah, um, I yeah. Think, I think that's. I think most people hunting though probably. Some people, you know, I mean, carbon versus aluminum. I mean that. Yeah, that's know, something you could talk about. That's something you know. It's really good. I mean, I, I'm a huge carbon bow fan. Again, the only reason I bought one is because you know they're double the $2, money. $2, it seems like <laughs> yeah. as opposed yeah. to that. Plus, it just. Why do you like them better? You think? I mean, for one, they're lighter. Yeah. So you can you can do anything you want to with your stabilizers. You know you can put any amount of weight on. You can oh, balance the bow completely that. how you want to, to do it. Um, your bow, so, your bow would end up being heavy still. Yeah, it's actually lightened <laughs> up because my shoulder didn't bother me. But uh, <clears throat> I mean, it's you know that's still a fairly light bow. Yeah, but, I mean, a lot of it's how it feels too. You know, right. carbon feels good. I mean, it's got a warmer touch. You know, it's not mm -hmm. it's not freezing cold when it's you know ten degrees and yeah, I was wondering. Twenty mile an hour. Yeah, I was. I, 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 uh, I've had a carbon bow in the past, a long time ago. I, I don't know. I'm not good enough to know the difference. I guess. I you, you would be. <clears throat> that PSE Mach One was bad to the bone. Yeah, it hmm. was. I was gonna buy one that year. Yeah. <laughs> but again, I was like, man, that's a little salty. Yeah, they're they're high. Yeah. Um, I think that's. I think we covered everything on on the bow. I mean, we, if people have questions later, we can answer them in the in the. Yeah, they can shoot me a message on Facebook if they need. Yeah, I'll anything. put Chris's uh, Facebook on down on the Forgive in the description. Description. <laughs> All right. So uh, we talked about poundage a little bit before we got on here. 
that's kind of personal preference uh, as well. Yeah. I was going to ask you though, like how much speed does I never like tested this. How much speed does a guy lose from going from like a 70 pound bow to a 60 pound bow? I don't know. As far as just, um, the pride, I mean, you could still weight your arrow out to where, you know, the speed, you're like, you know, your, your pin gap's not going to be, your pin gap's not going to be the difference. And then, I mean, you know, the overall performance of the bow is still going to be the same. Yeah. True. <clears throat> yeah, I always wonder like what percentage of today's bows, man. You could shoot a fifty pounder, and yeah, dude. This year, I I was shooting like seventy two pounds or something. In this late season, I was like, I'm I dropped it down to sixty five, and like I think I'm just gonna keep it there. That wasn't wrong with that. I think I was, that one's like sixty. I had to put six twists in the string. It came in at seventy two. I think it's around sixty eight and a half, sixty nine. Yeah, that's usually where all my bows are. They always come a little. Matthews runs a little long, so I always have to put a few twists in the string. Yeah, and, and it kills a few pounds. That's another thing is like a lot of guys, man, just I don't know. I don't know if you need to shoot 70 pounds anymore, especially in like the whitetail woods where you're like 30-yard shots, like almost is all you're going to have anymore. Nah, you don't really have to. Yeah. I mean, I, I've i seen people shooting with, you know, you see kids killing deer all the yeah. time, 36 to 40 pounds. I mean, yeah. blowing through them. Yeah. You know, good, you broad, can, good I mean, broadhead, good arrow. Yeah. If you can uh, – I mean, I can shoot – whatever i could shoot 75 probably and get away with it but it's like man i just you never know how you're going to be contorted or yeah. just some weird angle or i shoot i shoot 70 pounds for everything yeah you're also a professional archer and shoot a lot and i do I, I, don't, I do shoot a little bit more than most people. yeah, yeah. right yeah uh, so i don't know i was going to ask you your opinion about yeah that. And i think i mean i mean if you're comfortable shooting 60 and, and you're shoot, it's all about accuracy yeah it's where you put that arrow you can kill deer with field point yeah you hit in the right spot it doesn't so it's whatever the person feels like there is easier for them to shoot and get comfortable you know if, yeah. you're, if you're not comfortable drawing 70 with a bunch of clothes on i wouldn't shoot 70 i would shoot 60 yeah i mean yeah <clears throat> i guess the point i was wanting to like confirm with you is that um you know draw weight is not that important for, for no hunters. i mean i think it's all depends on you know how heavy, how heavy your arrow you want to shoot yeah you know um you know what what spine arrow you shoot things like that yeah. that matters sure as as yeah, yeah yeah you gotta you gotta be tuned for yeah i mean if you're wanting you're... to shoot a you know 450 grain arrow i wouldn't shoot 60 pounds yeah unless you're 31 32 inch draw right why not you right. know it doesn't matter what you do there right we'll talk about arrows a lot more yeah <laughs> you're gonna have a controversial I'm opinion sure on people argue. <laughs> oh anyways um yeah, we talked. We already. I have speed written down here, but we've kind of already touched speed on speed already. They're yeah, all. I like around two. I for hunting setup. I like around two ninety. Yeah, that's why I don't want them heavy arrows like yeah. Ranch Ferry says. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll talk about that like in depth though here in just a little bit at the at the end of the um, end of the show. And uh, this is all just opinions too, guys. Like, yeah, do whatever you want. <clears throat> do whatever you want. Um, yeah, doesn't matter to me. Yeah, rest. You you shoot obviously. Do you, what do you shoot? I've got a I've got a no. I had a hamski. Um, this is an old school trophy taker. Oh yeah, my good friend Smack Brian down. Jones gave me. Okay. Um, what are the benefits of having like a drop away rest versus like a whisker biscuit, which is a lot like the only other option it seems like people run anymore, other than the whisker biscuit makes me cringe, but. I don't want, I mean, it's good for kids or a woman or someone just starting out. Yeah. Cause they're not going to shoot past 20 yards. You know, it's great for people like that. Um, it just, it does slow your arrow down a little bit. Um, you can still make them fly pretty good. 
you know, for the most part, yeah. those will be tunable. You know, you'll still, you could probably still get a bullet hole. I haven't shot a whisker biscuit in 20 years. Yeah. You know, I don't know. I mean, if they've been around that long, maybe 15 years ago, I shot one. Um, and I used to have one and I mean, my bow shot really well. It just, uh, for like fine for really fine tuning things, it's not the most, away. yeah. Most ideal. I mean, if you're just wanting something to shoot 20, 30 yards, it'll be it'll be fine. It's whatever yeah. you can afford, I guess. But you know, it's kind of one of them things you pay for what you get. You know, Dan did Dan had a whisker biscuit on his bow for a little bit and he hated it. Yeah, I just um, think I feel like you get some inconsistencies a little bit with them. Anything that's touching your fletching is not going to. Be yeah. accurate. What I what I have a problem with them, and like some guys swear by them, and that's great, you know. But I just like they have to they have to continuously be changing. Like there's no way the oh, things in there stay the exact, exact same. same. So especially if it gets wet. Yeah, my buddy, my buddy who was down here this deer season hunting, he had a whisker biscuit, and dude, it was like tore all the crap. And I was like, man, Afraid. you got it. Yeah. yeah, and he was having all kinds of tuning issues where we couldn't get his bow tuned, and then you looked at it. Um. Or I sent you a picture or something. You're like, oh, there's the problem right there, man. You got to fix that. Yeah. Um, so if you do have one, I guess you probably want to, I don't know, probably want to keep track of all that because it, it definitely was throwing my buddies. Seems like off. every time one of your buddies comes up to hunt, he always something. <laughs> Some, yeah. He called me yeah, Dan. Yeah, Dan, yeah. Dan's peep shot flew Dan, out of his yeah. bow one year. Yeah. We told that story on this podcast before. Yeah. Dan, uh, Dan came down here hunting one time and he, he dry fired his bow in the parking lot of a, uh, uh, one of the pieces of the public and all of his crap fell off his flew off his string and we had to bring bring it over here and he uh um he was actually kind of nervous i felt like yeah. <laughs> i feel like when he came over he's probably thinking man what's this guy gonna do to my butt <laughs> oh that was funny yeah don't dry fire your bow that's not a good thing no especially on an out-of-state hunt yeah uh, sure. thank god you were around because um we had it fixed in no time yeah wasn't a big deal really i think yeah. i think the only thing it flew off was like his kisser button and his and, peeps, I and his peeps it, yeah um we didn't find either one of them they flew out in the woods somewhere but um drop away rest yeah i mean what, what about today's technology like, i would definitely go with one yeah <laughs> and they're, they're not like horribly expensive no you can I think, get a decent dude, qad for like 100 bucks i yeah, think i don't think a whisker biscuits less, more, much less than that anymore i think they're like for the the micro adjustable ones i think they're like 70 bucks Oh wow! So, I would get a QAD. You still in still entrapped. Yeah, you know you got the bar and then the yeah. <clears throat> There's a lot of good ones out though. Yeah, I, I, I shoot a stroke for taker, Smackdown Pro is what it's called. Yeah, I like a limb driven rest. Yeah, a lot of guys do, and yeah. I shot one this year, and you know I I had some issues. So what kind of issues do you have with them? Um, <clears throat> I just I it was my own fault. I had a couple of screws come loose, and I thought it was on the limb. Oh. Um, I changed this pad if I didn't like where it was at. I'm real particular. Yeah. And I thought that was it, but uh, screws after, came loose. The screws came loose on the bottom, and, and it wasn't. It was staying up a little bit longer. Yeah. Oh, that's I got causing you. It to hit high, like three or four yards high. Yeah. <clears throat> and, oh, that's uh, a big difference. Yeah. Yeah, it was a big difference. So I just went back to. This was my first year with a limb driven. I've always shot either a QAD or one of those uh, trophy takers. Yeah, like that's tied into the cable. Tied into the cable. cable. Yeah, that's what I've always hunted with. Yeah. But uh, the only reason I don't like cable driven ones because I'm always paranoid that that's going to like break on me out in the woods. And like with the, I keep oh, yeah, a, I keep a little strand of the like D loop material in my truck and like so that oh, if, if I, something would break, I, I, I could just like I could just change it out. Hundred you know? percent. The only reason I switched to a limb driven was because I'm 
going to Arizona to hunt mule deer next week. That was it. That was oh, the really? reason I switched. I thought, you know what? If something was to break out there, I can change this in the field in a second. Yeah, that's where that's where my mind was. <clears> um, so I was like, I'm just going to switch to that. And I loved it. It shot great. Um, I think riding on my e-bike may have kind of jarred some screws oh, loose yeah, and I didn't yeah, check yeah. them. It's Probably. my own fault. Yeah. 100%. Um, but again, I could put that on there. Yeah. I mean, I've dropped them out of the tree stand before, and it's not moved. I mean, yeah. I, it, I mean, it's probably not a. It's just one of them things where it, I didn't. I should have just. I usually lock pot everything. Yeah, and I didn't. Yeah, I just slapped it on there because I thought, man, this. Nothing. Yeah. I mean, they're still great rests. I would still yeah. shoot. I'm, I mean, if I get another one of these bows to shoot 3D, I'll have a limb driven hand ski on it probably. Yeah, my. If this was just my paranoia, I think I was going elk hunting. It's been years ago when I switched over, and I think it was my paranoia about something breaking out there and not being able to oh, yeah. tinker with it. I mean, it. if that. If that happens to yeah. come out of there, I'm in yeah. trouble without a press. Yeah, and I'm I'm always like the way I hunt whitetails too. It's just I'm rough on things. I'm always like dragging my bow through a bunch of crap, briars, and I'm me too. Yeah, and I'm always worried that I'm going to get that yeah. caught in there and just yank it off. But well, this is the first year I had my e-bike. I just got it. Yeah, and it was awesome. But that's the only thing I can think of that was really different. Yeah, that, that jarred it. Dude, that's a lot yeah. of vibration. I like, know, and, yeah. that, and that's why I got to thinking about. It. I thought, man, I should have. Next year, you know, if I whether I leave this on, which I'll probably I, it's shooting so good, I ain't changing it. Yeah. Um, but if I was to ever put another one on, limb driven or something, yeah, I would, I would definitely lock pull screws out, lock tight it. Yeah. Do you lock tight tight everything on your bow then, for the most part? I mean, like all my screws on my rest and stuff, I do. Uh, my sight, no, not really, because I mean, you know, that's always you, you know, little you're always tinkering. Tinker, with it yeah, I'm pretty part. anal. Yeah. About yeah. That. So, no, not everything, but like. You rest, you know, my limb, my limb bolts. I always lock tight one side. Yeah. Um, I red lock tight one side and then blue lock tight the other. They'll just still bust off, you know, yeah. you can still get them off. Um, sights. That's the next thing I want mm. to talk about. Yep. Um, Dan was talking about a few, few shows ago about he's going to go back to like a multi pin instead of a single pin yep. for hunting. Mm -hmm. Um, for the <clears> fact <throat> that he just, he thinks he's going to be a little more accurate with like a three pin sight instead of that, just, that single pin. Really? Not having, well, not having to, to adjust in the moment. Yeah. Cause I think, I think Dan does a lot of like, I, he, he literally, he doesn't, I think he has a mover, but I don't think he moves. I think he just kind of aims up and, oh, yeah. Yeah. He, I was going to say, cause uh, a single pin probably would be more accurate if a guy's not shooting, yeah. you know, but if he's, yeah, I think that's what he was, he's a little bit worried about. But, um, Three pins, Dan. If you're going to go from one pin to multiples, only do three. Yeah, no more than three. Think you get confused in your head. Yeah, probably. You were telling me he's too, just like, a white tail. He's just white tail hunting. Yeah, so. you don't need more than that, really. You're um, you were telling me too, like your color coordination kind of matters a little yeah, bit. Yeah, it matters to your eyes for sure. What, like, what do you got to say about that? Like, you're um, talking about your fiber optics and your sights. I don't like a bunch of different colors. I get confused a little bit. Um, some people do, but. Personally, me, I shoot green, yellow, green, yellow, usually green. Um, this one I had to get rid of my uh, fifth pin, so I'm shooting green, yellow, green, yellow. Yeah. They show up really good. Yellow's good for my eyes. But you could do green, red, green, red, <clears throat> green. Or, but you would definitely like – I would definitely alternate. go every other. Yeah, yeah 100%. Yeah, your, your, your pins aren't going to starburst as much. It's easier to pick out like – so, like, if just say you shoot a five pin, yeah, right, and you shoot um, green, yellow, green, yellow, green, right, yeah. So you know that middle pin, that's your forty yard pin. You know that's green. Like, yeah. you you automatically pick up that third pin. Boom. Okay, right there. Yep, that deer's forty two yards. Yep, there's my forty yard pin. Boom. Yeah. Right. I mean, <clears throat> I I didn't discover the green, yellow, green, yellow thing. Um, 
I think I always did green, red, green, red. And Brian Jones from B3, he's like, man, you should try green, yellow, green, yellow. He's like, I really like it. And I was hmm. like, well, send me one. I'll try it. And man, I tried it. And I was like, huh. that, that was in 2020. That's probably what I'm shooting too. Cause I use, I got your old site. Yeah. Yeah. And I saw in 2020, I, uh, I switched to that and I've never looked back. Hmm. It's interesting how big of a difference that little things like that make, like changing the color oh, yeah. of your pins and stuff. It makes a huge difference in your eyesight. I yeah. mean, like are different, like, is that the human eye in general or are different, are people different? I think it's far? different people. You know, oh, okay. you're going to see some different colors, but to me, I've shot every color that there is. Yeah. And that's the best hunting colors. Hmm. Green, yellow, green, yellow. Interesting. But I don't run, I don't, I don't, I just run this little light on top that comes with the sight, you know, yeah. just a little twist. So I don't run much light when I'm hunting. Um, yeah. Just a little bit, you know, but you got to watch lights anymore too. A lot of states it's illegal yeah. to have electronics on your, I mean, some people use blue fiber, which I do blue when I'm shooting archery. Oh really? Yeah. I run blue fiber. Mm -hmm. I really like blue. I can control the dimness and. Oh the light yeah, yeah. Yeah. See, I don't right. even mess with that kind of stuff. Yeah. And you probably wouldn't unless you were right shoot tournaments or something right 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 but for hunting those are just really good standard neutral colors they they show up good yep um and you you shoot a movable side obviously because you're shooting Absolutely. far 100 yep i yeah. shoot a i shoot 20 30 40 50 and my 50 pin is my floater what that means is my uh my side here i don't know if they can see that yeah right home, here just, just watch the screen my site right there is set on 50 uh on that tape so my bottom pin if I dial it to 100, I use my bottom pin at 100. Yeah. Um, I just take my pointer, slide it down to 100, bottom pin, put it on there, and yeah. make a good shot. Um, yeah, I don't shoot that far. but <laughs> I can't, well, yeah. I'm just saying 60, yeah, yeah, yeah. 70. Yeah, that's crazy. I really man. like five pins. I like 20, 30, 40, 50, and 60. Yeah. And then usually you can, get, you can get out to about – you can for sure get 100 easily, but sometimes you can get 120 yeah. out of sight. And you got to remember, guys, like we're talking about the – like I'm not saying coop, I shoot shoot, yeah, like right. Animals yeah, far. we're just talking about shooting general, not necessarily yeah. animals shooting. Um dude, it is helpful though to practice that far away. You you know Casey Kurtz, right? Yeah. He's going on the hunt with me next yeah. week. Mm -hmm. And he came over last week. Bobby 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 McCollum's going with me too. He was here today. But last week he was over and um he's like, Man, I've never shot hundred yards. I don't think I, I he was kind of nervous about it. Yeah. And I was like, We're just gonna keep scooting back. I was like I was like, you need to shoot at 100 because when we go out there, you're probably going to have a shot between 40 and 70. Yeah. Right? That's probably what's going to happen. Out west, yeah. Out west, it's yeah. very possible. So um, I made him shoot all the way out, and he started shooting really good at 80, and then we went to 100, and he shot at 100. And, I mean, he shot a group, you know, the little bit bigger than a pie plate at 100. He's never shot at 100. Yeah. And it was all just me kind of working with him. So, you know, that's a big thing is just get out there and do it. Yeah. Just like anything. Because then he went up to 50 and shot. And he just wadded him. Hmm. And he's like, man. Yeah. What about, uh, let's go to stabilizers now. Because I want to talk to you about a few other things too. Yep. But So that's something like, I don't think a lot of hunters don't really pay much attention to. So what's like the uh, actual purpose of a stabilizer on your bow? Well, I mean, some of it takes out a little bit of hand shock. But a lot of bows yeah. nowadays don't have much hand shock anyways. Right. Um, so like, to me, it's all about balance of the bow. Like I want. I want a little bit of front weight on there to settle the pin. And then I want my side rod on there to kind of help me stay level. Um, but also to, to, so my pin's not kind of going up and down and kind of bouncing around. Like I want my pin to just kind of slowly just make slow circles, not kind of do this and, and jerking all over the place. I want it just slow. Like so a, like, 
because your pen moves no matter what. So you just have to shoot. Yeah. You know, stare at your. I stare through my pen and then let my pen move a little bit and just make yeah. a real good shot. So let's say I go to go wherever I buy a set of bee, bee stinger stabilizers. Like, what does a guy do to set those up to where they're like properly supposed to be used? Because a lot of guys just go buy them and screw them on, and then that's what. Yeah, they you use. need to start with a weight ratio. Like, like on my bow, I think I've got two on the front, yeah, and put six it in front on the back. Okay. I oh, know I got two and four. Sorry. Um. So you know, a one to two ratio. Start with one to two if you want. I would probably start. In my opinion, for most people, I would start with like one and three. You think hunters that are going to shoot inside a 30 yards, 40 yards needs a back bar? So here's the deal. If you're out in your yard, how comfortable are you shooting? Okay. You're pretty comfortable, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, you're, yeah. You're solid. Yeah. When, whenever a deer comes in, what does your pen do? It moves a little bit more, right? Oh, I'm sure. So yeah. if you had an extra stabilizer on there and got it even steadier it moved at less. home, yeah. what's it going to do when you're at full draw on a deer? Yeah, that's it's a good go point. It's going to move less. I don't run them just because it's – more crap you know on my bow no, I but uh but you know me you've known me forever i'm yeah, not i won't yeah, go yeah, anywhere yeah. without a front and side rod period. yeah yeah i need to do more like tinkering with it and like see how much better it makes me and it's with anything else you gotta shoot like you gotta yeah. get out there and practice like i mean yeah. i shoot all year long three three yeah 365 i mean we shoot yeah. i mean i don't ever quit shooting for longer than a few weeks yeah you know like right. even during hunting season i'm shooting my bow Mostly every day. But essentially what that sidebar is doing is it's kind of offsetting all the, cause all your crap on your bow, well not some of the new stuff's a little more integrated into the risers, but like all your crap on your bow is like off to one side usually, like especially if yeah, you're shooting on so, a, a quiver on or something. Right. So your bow has a tendency to want to lean one it, way it or can, the other. Yeah, it can't can um, lean one way or the other. It's good for that kind of, you can move it in and out. Yeah. But um, you know, and some people don't do that. So you can still just run it straight back. Yeah. You know, mine's always out at an angle for however I, Whenever I grip the bow. Oh, okay. So it's more I mean? it's more of how you hold the bow that's going to affect like Mine's always out at an angle like that. Yeah. That's just how I grip the bow. But you can run it straight back. So, and if you run it straight back, you know what I mean? You're just getting where that bow is just going to kind of balance. You know what I mean? Like It just wants to be See, level. I mean, it just sits right there in my fingers. Yeah. So when it's in my hand, it's just back perfectly balanced. There's no top weight. There's no back weight. You know, a lot of bows... Because I guess that makes sense because if it's not balanced, you're going to be fighting to balance it. Yeah. Your pen's going to go bouncing and moving. and Because you've got to because it's not level or it's not. I mean, the first thing you got to do is get your draw length right. Draw length's number one. Yeah. If your draw length ain't right, it's going to move anyway. Yeah. And the best way to play with that is an eighth inch measurements, which I know that's crazy. Yeah. For the most hunter, you know. But But, uh, like a good bow shop should get you where you need to Oh, they're going to get you close. Yeah. 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 They should. I mean, unless you tell them. No, I'm not a 28 and a half inch draw. I'm a 29 when really you're a 28 and a half. And yeah, they give you a 29 because right. that's what you want. I mean, because at the bottom line, you know, the archery shops. Make you happy. Yeah, they're trying to make you happy. And I mean, you know, they don't yeah. have all day in the world. Here's what we we talked about this a, a few weeks ago. It'd be interesting to hear your take. And maybe you don't want to comment on this, but what's the deal with archery techs always having an attitude with you when you're in their shop? Dan, Dan brought that up. He goes, man, I, I went to a, a shop locally here and he's like, I felt like they. I was a big inconvenience to them. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't really know how to respond to that. <laughs> I just. I mean, I think it just depends where you go. Yeah, you know, like a good one. Like in our area, Cliff Rice, we used to have him. Yeah, um, and then he sold out to the guys. I think in Madison, there. Yeah, the we used to down there, and they're real nice guys. You know. Yeah. Um, there's one Seymour. Most of them are nice guys, but yeah. there's just some people that they either get, you know, jealous or of somebody. I don't. I mean. Yeah. 
Uh, just, Maybe they had a bad day. Maybe it, they ran into a customer that was just. It was just funny because Dan mentioned that, and then like everybody in the comments was like, "Yeah, our Botex are a bunch of idiots too." It's <laughs> like. Yeah, I mean, well, it was funny. I mean, maybe some of them don't get paid for. Paid for not, they don't. Too. Not that they're idiots. They just they act like you don't. You're stupid or something when you walk in there. That's I think that's what Dan. He's like, man, they made me feel like I was an idiot walking in there. Like I didn't know anything. He's like, man, I just want to get my boat worked on. I think that. <laughs> I think that's just people in general today. I mean, if you just, you're probably right. If everybody could just learn to be kind, you know, yeah. me me included. Yeah. I mean, I'm not saying, huh? No, we're not yeah, perfect either. No, I'm not perfect either. Anyway, that was off topic. Yeah. Uh, we won't dive into that too yeah. <laughs> stabilizers issue. we'd kind of covered that now i think yeah. that's good yeah i mean that's all preference so there's a lot of great companies out there um you know bee stinger makes good ones yeah. conquest makes good ones i think there's uh man there's another one off the tip of my head i can't i can't think of it um guy euler shoots them uh, there's a lot of great stabilizers out there yeah um, it's just getting the weighted how you want you yeah. know but i would definitely play with it i i personally uh, and there's a lot of other guys that just like a short stabilizer. They don't need anything. You know, they, some people don't even shoot a stabilizer. Yeah. But that's I mean, the purpose of them, though. That's yeah. more or less what I'm, what I mean, I'm wanting to get I, out of I, it. I'm more so just I want to hold as steady as I can. Yeah. Um. Okay. I wanted to ask you, too, like um, a lot of guys nowadays are like working on their own stuff or learning how to work on, on their own stuff. What is your process of like tuning your hunting bow? Like tuning it. Like let's like say you got a new bow, a bur- bur- you, you, bow. You, you threw on the rest side, everything's ready to go. You got your your everything's balanced, your stabilizers, all that. We kind of already covered that. Now we're gonna start shooting um arrows. Like where do you start for tuning a bow? So like <clears throat> on on my Matthews, the first thing I do, first thing I do before I put anything on here is I put a just a chintzy D loop on, I put twists in a string and I get my draw length. Yeah. Cause like that's where I'm at. But after I get all that done, I get everything put on there. Um, I always make sure my center shot is between three quarters and 13 sixteenths here. And then I always make sure whenever I set my D loop that, you know, the bottom of my arrow is through the center of that burger button hole. That's yeah. where I start. Yeah. Um, I start there with any other bow. I try to put it right through the, you know, center of the burger button hole for the most part, but, and then I just start playing. Yeah, but what? Okay, from from there, what do you do? Do you go shoot through paper? I'll shoot shoot? through paper. Make and I I won't take it outside until I get a bullet hole. You get a bullet hole. Then I get it close. Yeah, then I'll get it close through paper. If it's a bullet hole, then I'll go outside. I'll go straight to twenty or three yards, four yards, five yards. You know, make sure I'm close, and then just start working my way back. Make sure my center shots. So you say you're working your way back. So what do you do? Like, so you got your bullet hole through paper. Yep. And you're shooting veins on or bare shaft. I do both. I do both. Usually what I do is I have a fletch shaft here. I already know what arrow I'm going to shoot yeah. and what veins I want to run. And then I'll shoot that through paper and get that going. And then if I have one here without fletchings, I'll, I'll bear shaft tune them. Just to um, just double to kind check. Of, yeah, double check. Some of the best bows I ever had have shot a fletch shaft and a bear shaft right side by side at 20 yards. Yeah. Um, so so you shoot. Okay, so now we're, we, we, we paper tune. We're outside. You shoot an arrow at 20 yards. I'll shoot an arrow at 20 you get Sometimes. your side on or whatever. Get my side on. Yeah. A really good tip that'll help a lot of people is go to three yards. Yeah. Pick an arrow hole. Set your side on probably like 60 yards if you have that. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if they have that option. Um, but get get it, get get your sight hitting at three yards. Okay. Drilling at three yards. Right, right there where it's at. Then go just go 
you know, obviously you're going to have to get some 20, 30, 40, 50 marks. Yeah. Get 20 on 30, 40, and then get back to 50 and shoot 50 and just keep going back. And if what are you looking for? And like, if you rest, if your arrows stay true, you know, left or right. right. You know? Now, I mean, if you've got to bump your sight just a couple clicks or not, but if it's way off left or right, you know, you need to move your rest a little bit, right? Okay. Because you're, so like, you're on up close. Yeah, your 20's hitting dead on. Right. But your 40's hitting like four inches to the right or something. Yeah, you weird. need to bump your like, rest a little bit to the left. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so that's what you're doing. Yeah, that's what I'm doing. And, that's, and you just get that, you get, for, you get, make sure everything's lining up from 20 to, to 100 or whatever you yeah, shoot. 100. Yeah. Yeah, but usually if you can get a bullet hole through paper, yeah, the average guy will have a tough time telling the difference out okay. to 50 yards. Yeah. But, yeah, if you can get a bullet hole through paper and go out and shoot good, and you may have to, like, I mean, there's sometimes I've just literally un, unloosened a bolt and just kind of pushed on it and then tightened it back down. Yeah. Like, I mean, it's just shot. It's just like minute, minute movements, movements can make a big difference. Make, yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. And that's called like was it called like walk back tuning or walk something? Walk back tuning, yeah, you can call it that. Yeah, I call it three yard, fifty yard. Okay. A guy, a guy. Whenever I first started shooting, I was a young pup. Yeah. Taught me in Benny Barger that three yard, fifty yards, what we call it. Hmm. Get up three yards, make sure your sight's hitting. And then we would go straight back to fifty. And then, and if we were shooting left or right, we would move our sight. Or and you move it. You move it the rest. Opposite way of the arrow sitting. So if you're hitting like right at fifty, you want to move the rest, rest left. left. Yep. There you go, guys. You can yeah. check your tune. You check your tune often. Like how often do you check your tune? Or you I'll just shoot if I like. I'll shoot that bag. My bag I have over here. You know, if I if I get home late, um, like like this week, I'll shoot every night, no matter what. But uh, sometimes I'll just shoot through there, just check it, make sure. I'll check it through season. That's what I meant. Like yeah. through deer season, do you? Yeah, if you I'm check? home, I shoot it. But a lot of times through season, I'm just yeah, making just sure. I'm just making yeah. sure I'm I'm hitting the dot yeah. or deer target or whatever I'm aiming at. That's cool. All right, we got 15 minutes before we'll get into the Q&A. Let's talk about arrows because it'll probably talk about arrows for a while. Um, all right, so one thing I want to talk about because there's there's kind of two different types of arrows anymore, like a skinny shaft arrow and then like a two, four, six or whatever, like a yeah, standard, yeah, standard standard shaft. Yeah. What are the benefits to shooting a skinny versus a standard and like kind of the yin and yang of that i mean yes and no but the, the benefits to the a lot of the smaller shafts now is they have outserts on the on the out of you know like a gold tip or yeah. a black eagle that that does help you know with penetration a little bit okay you're getting a little bit more uh, weight on the front of the arrow but a skinnier arrow in theory should penetrate more you know it's smaller right uh, you got 70 pounds going through it you know what i mean but well on most of my arrows right but, you're still going to be fine if you go shoot a gold tip 55 75 i mean right. and it's 400 some i mean as long as your grain arrow is good for your poundage of bow yeah really you'll be average hunter will be just fine now if you're going on a moose hunt or an elk hunt or a bigger game species you know you may you definitely want to get a heavier arrow for yeah. sure something that's going to hit hard but for the for whitetail it, yeah I don't, for whitetail in my opinion i don't i mean you know Right, we'll get uh, into weight. I don't stuff. really think it matters. I, I'm just talking about like the shaft diameter right the shaft now. Shaft like, diameter, like I mean, like skinnies. Like, if you're a white to hunter, do you think like the wind drift? People like talk about that. Yeah, too a the wind bit. drift for sure. Um, it skinnies. will help a little bit. But then again, if you go put a big fat four inch fletching on the back of it, it doesn't it's matter. Not going to matter. No, I mean, you know, I didn't think it, about that. It, it, I mean, fletchings have just as much to do with it as anything. Yeah, I, I think the biggest part as far as skinny versus fletch shaft is find a shaft that you're confident in that spins good and yeah. straight. 
Yeah. You know what I mean? That that spins good, that yeah. you like, and that that shoots good for you, and just roll with it. Yeah. We had someone asking a little bit ago about um, what's right here. It's like he has a gold tip, whatever, X arrows. He says four out of five fly straight. What what could be causing like that? Um, like you get you, you buy a half dozen arrows, and it, like one of them is just like you can't get yeah, the fly straight. Yeah, and, and I mean that's – that's common with a lot of arrows. You know, they're batched yeah. in different batches. So you may order a dozen arrows now, and you may order another dozen arrows next week. That's a diff They may say that they're the same, but the batch is a little bit different. So, yeah. Um, a lot of times what you do is that you just spin the knock, go to each vein, mm -hmm. and a lot of times it'll clean it right up. Yeah. Does that have to do with, like, the or the spine of the, yeah, the arrows it, it's connected? Just, it's got a lot to do with, <clears throat> with, with that and just – you know, all like I said, all arrows are just batched a lot differently. You yeah, know, I don't know arrows like Dan or Tim Gillingham do. You know, right? I mean, they're Dan McCarthy, Dan not McCarthy. Dan, not Dan Infault, not Dan Infault, <laughs> not Dan Infault. Dan McCarthy and Tim Gillingham. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, those yeah, are the yeah. two arrow gurus. Um, know. okay, cool. So now let's talk about like heavy versus light arrows. Um, everybody kind of knows the benefits of having a heavy arrow in the in the the stuff about having light arrow. Where do you like to be with it, with arrow weight? Like, what's like, your idea set up? My idea shoot? set up is 70 pounds, 400 to 425 grain arrow. That's me. Yeah. Um, I have other friends that, that shoot lighter arrows. They shoot 360 on 70 pounds, 370, and they blow through every whitetail, elk, anything that they've shot. You know, um, Tim Gillingham. Then I mean, he shoot real light arrows. I don't know like, if he does, but I have another buddy that, that shoots oh, okay. lighter arrows, and I mean he kill. He's one of the best hunters I know. Yeah. Um. I just I think we get caught up on that. Yeah. Oh, I gotta have this six hundred grain, and I love like all the you know the hunt puppet guys. Like I love them. I love like Ranch Ferry. I, I I don't mind him. I just think his philosophy is a little. That's kind of blown everything out of proportion a little bit. Gotcha. I'm not saying a six hundred grain arrow wouldn't be fine at 10 or 15 yards. I mean, yeah. you know, to shoot through brush and stuff or, or weeds and things like that. But how often do we really do that? Yeah. I mean, how often do you, you, you probably shouldn't be doing that very often. But that's right? what I'm saying. Yeah. How often <laughs> do you do that? So, yeah. you know, you're going to get it, the heavier the arrow, you know, deer duck, they move. Yeah. I mean, I feel like there's a sweet spot for everyone. Um, but generally rule of thumb, I think if you're around 400 grains, you're, you're doing really good. You're, you're going to be great for, most big game. Yeah. I mean, you're going to be good for everything, really. I mean, I think I think my arrows are 425 grains. That's what they were. Yeah. And I'm shooting 290 feet a second. I shoot a 28 and 3 eighths inch draw. Right. I mean, right. I'm not shooting a long draw. Like I said, I'm shooting 69 pounds. But Yeah. What, what, I, something else is like um, – Those heavy arrows on whitetail, I just don't – I mean, they're such an elusive animal. You know, they duck and move and – yeah. I mean, if you stop one at 30 yards and it looks at you, it's going to react. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't matter. It's going to react no matter what. I mean, so, you know, if you're shooting a 670 grain arrow at 30 yards out of a tree stand and you stop that deer. Yeah. I about bet it's going to duck any, any speed out there. Right. It's going to duck a little bit. Yeah. Where 30, if it starts, stops at 30 yards, it's not getting, it's not ducking mine. Yeah. Yeah. That's something everybody has to think about. Like, yeah, I guess if you're if you're shooting inside of twenty all the time, it's probably like a mute point. Like, yeah, there's no, it doesn't matter what you yeah. do. If you're shooting twenty yards and that's it, then it doesn't matter. Yeah, shoot whatever you want. Yeah, I mean, heck, you know, stick bows. I mean, 
Yeah, they right. Got those at right. twenty yards. Yeah, know what I mean, and that's, I mean, you, those you are shooting a whopping one hundred and sixty feet per second. It all, <laughs> it, it all. What guys got to realize is when they when they get on the internet, it all depends on what level of accuracy you want to achieve yeah. and how far you want it to be. Yeah. How far do you want to be accurate to? If you come and say, "Hey, I want to be pinpoint accurate at forty yards," what's the best setup? I ain't gonna tell you a six hundred grain arrow. Yeah. Yeah. And if you tell me, hey, I'm only shooting 60 pounds and I'm shooting 28 inch draw, I'm going to tell you 350, 360 grain arrow. Yeah. To, to shoot out to 40. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you're going to get good accuracy. You're going to get good penetration, you know, but a lot of that's on broadhead too. Yeah. That's a good point. We want to talk about broadheads a little bit. We can. You, you a fixed blade or mechanical guy? I'm a fixed blade most time. I yeah. shoot the B3 Destruct. I've shot it ever since they came out. And, uh, that's been my favorite broadhead personally. Yeah. They shoot just like, I mean, they shoot great out to a hundred yards. I mean, you've, you've been here you've seen how they shoot. Yeah. Um, but I am switching to fixed blade for this mule deer hunt. Mechanicals you Me mean? Or mechanicals. I mean, yeah, I'm yeah. shooting the, uh, B3 exoskeleton. Why, why, why? Um, I wanted a little bit bigger cut in case, you know, I do have a far shot. Um, yeah. and just to kind of, you know, just shoot him, give do something him, different, give him do something kinda. different. <laughs> yeah, thing. I get yeah. it. And, yeah. and, I think, and honestly, a lot of people will say it's petty, but you see the bottom of my scope right there. Oh, yeah. Oh, um, you're hitting arrows there or fletching there? I was, I was hitting my my broadheads were just nicking that at 100. Oh, really? So I switched to uh, mechanicals, they don't hit. Oh, that's dead on. Gotcha. Um, I was tell people like, there's so many good fixed blade broadheads out now like there's so oh, many yeah. good ones I mean, I, that, like I, it's it's because used to people i mean there for a while some of the uh fixed blade stuff kind of got crappy like there was a, yeah. a period of time where well i was I probably know, shooting mechanicals then yeah i know that i think yeah. that's there was like a, a i think there was like a, a number of years where a lot of guys were shooting uh mechanicals because i feel like like some of like the muzzy and stuff, like all that stuff kind of went down in quality. Right. Well, and, you're, you're and, the same way. You shot everything. Oh yeah, I've shot everything. I have shot a ton yeah. of deer with like a Rage hypodermic, or yeah. Um, I I, I shot the G5 uh, Tekken. I think it was the Tekken or the T3 forever. Um, I shot a bunch of deer with Schwackers. Schwackers. I've killed yeah. deer with Schwackers too. Or just the old old Rages. Whenever the juries first brought them out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah. I, that was still some of the blessed blood, you know, blood. Oh yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, great, yeah. But. Again, I didn't get much penetration with that, those, yeah. you know, but a lot of that's yeah. got to do with the head itself. Like, it's got to have a good point yeah. on the broad head. you got to have a broad head with a good point. You can't have a dull head. Right. Or you're not going to, you know. Right, right. Um, yeah. I, I, think, think, I, I personally think fixed blade and mechanicals, I mean, it's a big debate with a lot of people. Yeah. But my, in my opinion, I think um, I think if you put the arrow where it needs to be, it does Yeah. Doesn't matter. The, I think a lot of times people have – um, I wanted to ask you about this. Like, if you're having troubles tuning your fixed blade broadheads to your field tips, like what what do you see typically as the problem there? The bow's not tuned. Okay, so you need to like go back and do that step. Maybe you just talked about. Yeah, the about. bow's not tuned, or or something else. A lot of guys probably don't think about is veins. Yeah, let's you know, let's talk if, about if veins because big, because uh, I want to talk about arrows more in depth anyway. So if, if you shoot a big broadhead like let's say you shoot a big well, single bevel yeah uh broadhead i mean you know as far as on your recurve you got to have some big veins on the back right to steer it yeah we shoot most we of our five inch five inch five inch right so feathers. um you know i i personally i mean i've seen guys some guys that are really good and their bows are tuned well i've seen them shoot a single bevel with blazers yeah um, or you know something like that but i wouldn't i just 
I like a little bit low, uh, longer vein, you know. Yeah. I shoot a two and a quarter vein tech Swift four fletch. Four fletch, yeah. I've all, and that was kind of I was experimenting with that whenever I went on my elk hunt. Yeah. Explain um, to people why, like more vein is better for broadhead. Well, it helps still steer the arrow better. Yeah. You know, you're gonna have drag off when you switch from a field point to any broadhead. I don't care what broadheads out there. Um, now I've not shot whatever the one Tim shoots, but um, you're gonna get a little bit of drag out to a hundred. Yeah. Right. So like for me out to a hundred, I shoot that four fletch with a field point with that, with that mechanical, I got an inch, a, a yard and a half drag. So right. I shoot on 98 and a half with my field point and a yeah. hundred with my broadhead. <clears throat> so you're going to get a little bit of drag. Yeah. You know what I mean? So yeah, I don't think, and, that, and that's what you're trying that to combat with more fletching on the back of your arrow. Yeah. You're trying to steer it better. I mean, yeah. it's going to steer you. Know, you your your broadhead's not taking it. over that fletching right. is right. essentially. It's going okay. to steer it straighter. It's going to steer it better. I mean, I personally, I really like four fletch after playing with it, but I hate fletching arrows. So yeah, yeah, that's why I yeah, should, I should make, three fletch it, for three D. So yeah, <laughs> we don't need it for three D. I yeah. mean, you don't need four fletch. No, you don't. But I mean, it may. You never know if you shoot a big, heavy, fat arrow yeah. with a lot of diameter. I mean, a four fletch might steer it better. Yeah, that's I, haven't, true. I haven't played with it, so I can't speak to it. But I know there's a lot of very good archers in this world that are probably the best, and a lot of them shoot four fletch. Yeah. I've seen them shoot four fletch indoors. I mean, that's becoming a big thing now. Hmm. Something to think about. Some uh, arrow manufacturers are offering four fletch too. Like if guys if, don't know how to fletch if, or if, something. If you're dead set on shooting a um, mechanical, and uh, I mean, like just say you don't take your boat to the shop, you're like, oh, it's good enough. I don't want to go to the shop or, you know, yeah. I can do it here. I would just go to a four fletch right out of the gate with a drop away. You talking about, you meant, you said mechanical. Do you mean fixed blade? Yeah, fixed blade. Sorry. Yeah, no, it's, yeah, yeah. Um, go to yeah, no, you're gonna go to a fixed blade. Um, I would just go ahead and get a four fletch right out of the gate, yeah. Hmm. Yeah, it's, go. it's gonna save you some time, yeah. Another thing I've noticed too is like, um, with your broadheads, like if you can, if they're not machine just right or if they got a little wobble to them or something like that, that makes a big difference too. Oh, yeah, I mean, if they're if they're you know, just off a little bit for some reason most, or another. Most probably broadheads now spin pretty good. Yeah. As long as you're not buying any, you know, junk Chinese yeah, like, made stuff. Like, yeah, Walmart special. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're good. Uh, yeah. Buy American made. <laughs> yeah, I agree with you. Well, I've been shooting those uh Montex from G five, B three. That's good too. You know, those B three uh, that you shoot, they're all made here in the USA. But yep. um yeah, Montex. I shot them for a while. I, I <clears throat> I've killed some deer with them too. They were good broadheads. Yep. Uh, what else with with arrows? Something else with the heavy stuff is like you got to be careful because you're you're changing the dynamics of that arrow so much when you add all that weight to it. Yeah, it changes the spine. Yeah, the spine. Sorry. Yeah, but. I mean i I don't think you can really. I mean, you got to add a bunch of weight into it to really affect the spine. Yeah, but some Spines, guys are man. Some guys will add like three hundred grains to the front of the arrow. You and know? It, it probably does affect it a little bit, but for the most part, you have to. It's it's how long the shaft is. Oh yeah, yeah for sure. You can manipulate that a lot right. with the uh, guys. I'm gonna put the. Uh, we're gonna go to the Q and A's now. I think me and Coop has, have chatted about bows and whatnot for going on an hour now so we'll do the q a real quick i just added the link to get on the show to the comment section at the bottom we're just going to start going through questions and if i see you pop down at the bottom i'll i'll uh, add you to the stream if you want to ask a question live um just be patient if we're talking or something we'll make sure we um 
finish that, then you can hop on here. All right. Let's get into some questions and answers. You give us that. Yep, we can try. Unless you can think of anything else you need to <clears throat> talk about. No. <laughs> um, Tom asked, what are your thoughts on magnified, magnified sites? What site would you suggest exploring if you su support magnified sites? Magnified as in like a scope? Probably. Talk about that and the magnifiers and the peep. Or magnifiers. Is that what he's talking about? Uh, he, he's, he's saying sites right now, but talk about both of them. Like so, opinions. I mean, I, I don't think there would be anything wrong with it. I mean, you've got to be able to see to hit what you want to hit, but something you got to think of, you know, is if that gets wet, foggy, I mean, it's not like a scope or anything, you know, like a, like a shotgun or a rifle or your binoculars, even, you know, they, they kind of tend to not fog up as much, you know, yeah. so you definitely got to keep an eye on that. But I think as far as magnified, if you're wanting something that like range finds, like, like one of the Garmin's, um, that's probably what I would get as far as like a little bit of magnification. Plus you can like click the button, I think, and it tells you how far it is. Um, but you could shoot a little bit of like, like my scope has a spot where I could put a lens in it. You could shoot like, I wouldn't go any more than probably a two or three power. Yeah. For uh hunting. <clears throat> um, that's, that's something else that I have a lot of guys like, I'm getting older now. My eyes aren't as good. And I've had some older guys tell me like, I need to think about getting like one of those. Dude, you're 30. Uh, yeah. But my eyes aren't very, <laughs> I mean, my eyes aren't very good. Like they, they, they're slowly getting right, but worse. It's not because you're getting older. It's no, but my, my eyes okay. are whatever. Or as I'm getting older, my eyes aren't as good as what they used to be. Oh, like, and, don't uh, make Dan get on here. No, somewhere. right. Dan needs one too. Yeah. Bad. He'll tell you that. Uh, but he, uh, someone's recommended those, those clarifiers to me a couple yeah, of times. Yeah. Clarifiers. Yeah. They got clarifiers. They got verifiers. Yeah. Um, for your peep sites. Yeah. You know, I just shoot a standard old true peep. I shoot it for 3d too. Here's a good question from boomer 22. What release do you guys use and have you switched releases over the years? Um, for hunting. It's something we didn't talk about. We should have. Um, I, I've shot a hinge style release, which if you don't know what a hinge is, you can look those up or just Google back tension. Um, I've shot one of those for about, mm, goodness gracious. I'm trying to think of what year it was. I killed that deer over there. I want to say I've shot one for six or seven years now. Um, I used to get to where I could just hammer with a thumb button or a wrist strap out in the yard and then a deer would come in and I'd slam that trigger. Yeah. <laughs> like everybody else in the world. So the hinge makes me slow down. Um, my shots are a lot better. And I shoot a hinge all year long for 3D. Um, for hunting, I shoot the B3 Ranger. And um, for 3D, I usually shoot what they, uh, B3 has a couple different ones. I shoot the BG3 Pro three-finger, and I shoot the Coupe three-finger. I switch between those two. Yeah. Uh, but, yes, I do switch release a little bit. Sometimes I'll shoot a thumb button just to kind of break up the monotony. I think it's good to switch releases, you know, you tend to maybe your shot kind of gets lazy or you don't feel, I tell everybody when they're shooting, you know, to kind of stand proud, you know, stick that chest out, shoulders back. That way you get that explosion when you come off that back wall. Yeah. You know? So yeah, I do switch releases for sure. You think guys that are having problems with shooting, going to hinge is a good idea. I think it is for sure. I mean, you know, I'm a big fan of it. Yeah, hinge. I know. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> um, hinge will teach you how to properly shoot, but it is very, um, it's just really tough. It's difficult, especially if you don't have someone there to kind of help you, kind of teach you, you know, like I shoot a click, you know. Yeah. So, 
Um, the click is kind of like, oh, no, I know I'm in the same spot, but yeah, I, <clears throat> I definitely think that uh, the hinge is a great thing. Start real close, up close, you know, three yards, blank bell. Draw back, go, go to an archery shop, have them set it for you, have them set it heavy to where you can't get it to fire and just kind of get draw back and just get comfortable with it. But you're probably going to have to move your peep side if you've been shooting a wrist strap or something. Oh, yeah, that's a good point. I I I tinker with hinges like in the summertime a lot, like just mm-hmm. to just to practice with them and yeah. get the feeling of a surprise yeah, shot. You shot one good there for a while. Yeah, yeah. I think I'm having a hard really, time committing to him hunting season. I think it's really good if a guy goes if a guy's a thumb button shooter like you. No, I, I'm I, a trigger. I, you I, shoot I, a trigger yeah. now? You used to shoot thumb. That's why I was. Yeah, wondering. I used to, um, I punch the crap out of thumbs, man. Uh, under well, pressure. And and I think <laughs> if you if you really like a thumb release or a handheld, I think you should practice with a hinge a lot. You know. Off yeah. and on, unless you've got the thumb button master. Like I have a good friend, uh, Benny Barger. He shoots pro too. Um, he lives right down, you know, Scottsburg area. But he mm-hmm. uh, he's he shoots. He shot thumb button forever. He he hates hinges. Yeah, he's thumb button through and through. But he's, mm-hmm. he shoots such a great shot. It doesn't affect him. All right. Someone asked about if we'd ever take an intern or something like that, hunting like the hunting public or um, I don't know. I I I I probably wouldn't. Yet I'm not like big enough on here to do something like that. I can kind of handle everything. But Dan's talked about it a lot, getting someone to film for him, um, whether hiring someone or or doing a like an intern program. But uh, they'd had their hands full. I tell you that much. Uh, someone asked any thoughts on resharpening broadheads? Yeah, I mean, what kind of broadheads is a question. You know, if you're a, a fixed blade and it's a good one up you know yeah like the g5 montec or something yeah why yeah. not a uh, single bevel or something like that yeah but fixed blades nah get get new blades you mean the mechanicals you mean I why i keep saying that <laughs> as soon as i took a drink i thought that yeah mechanicals uh, get uh get uh it's a new blade sorry zeke ask uh Oh yeah, John Eberhardt only shoots forty pounds, and he he's killed. Yeah. He she, she shot she, a couple bucks this year right. with forty pounds. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. Yep. Um, Zeke asks, uh, "What are your thoughts on factory strings versus custom?" I use Gas or ABB, and it seems like the peep doesn't twist as much with custom. I agree with you a hundred percent. Eric Griggs from Gas is a good friend of mine. Uh, they make, in my opinion, probably some of the best strings out. Uh, probably the best strings in my opinion um i like i like gas i think that too abb i haven't shot them in years uh, i know jerry used to shoot i don't know if he still owns it or not but uh i know they were making great stuff too i just haven't shot any of their stuff in a while but yeah to answer your question custom if you can afford to buy a new bow and put new strings on it you need to put you know aftermarket strings on it okay Someone asked if we have any other suggestions for uh, rest. Uh, QAD, that's a really good one. Um, they make, I mean, they're pretty affordable. Um, like trophy takers, good. Hamski is probably the best drop away there is. Um, that's just, you know, just where where the market's at. Uh, trying to think if there's any other ones. That's good drop aways. Vapor Trail, Vapor Trail makes a really good one. Rip Cord's pretty good. Oh yeah, I forgot about uh, Rip Cord. I forgot about Rip Cord too. My dad shot one of those forever. Oh man, those were a big hit back in the day. Everybody yeah. shot those. Um, AAE, AAE Archery. I, I, let me let me back up. There, they make some of the best drop aways too. 
So probably if I had to pick one, it would be AAE or Hamski. Yeah, there's there's um, a lot of good options. The trophy taker that I have on mine is, is the older model, and it was built like a tank back in the day. They're a little different now. Let's go to the bottom here. Um, someone asked if you've ever used the um, easy fletch kits you put in boiling water. Absolutely. <laughs> Everybody's tried those. Um, before I, whenever I first saw, a lot of people don't know this, but I've shot archery my whole life since I was a little kid. <clears throat> and then I quit and played sports and kind of did all that stuff running around. And then I got back into it in my mid twenties, about 24, 25. So, um, whenever I first got back into it, I was like, I'm just going to use these and hunt with these. And they worked pretty good. I mean, it wasn't like they were bad. Um, I think some guys were even using a hairdryer to get those to stick on there. Yeah. I used them. I, I, I've messed around with them yeah, when I was younger. I, I don't think they were terrible. Did you? No. I mean, I, I mean, if that's what you got and that's how you, I mean, as long as they're not moving and flying off and your stuff's shooting good yeah, and shoot it. I mean, it's all about, you know, I was going to ask you, it's all about what you can afford and make it fun. Something, uh, something I just thought about is that you remember the NAP quick spins? You yeah. Remember those? Are those still around? Those were dip. Yeah, no. Do you, are those still around? Uh-huh. Are yeah, they? I've, I've seen I think they're still in Bass Pro. Those, uh, buy them just regular flesh, like just bare fleshes, too. Yeah. Not necessarily. Yeah. Um, I've lost track of my, I messed up in the comments. I accidentally scroll all the way to the bottom real fast. So I think I'm going to just start from the bottom, work my way back up until I get to the, um, everybody's thing. So, uh, bear with me for a second here. Um, yeah, a lot of a lot of the companies because Athens Archery and Obsession already have gas strings from the factory. Yep, they do. There you go. Yeah, Jimmy, someone that's they're at t- talking to us about uh, asking about opinions on fletching for mechanical broadheads, three or four fletch mechanical broadheads. I, I, I shoot a four fletch. I'm going out. I mean, I'm I'm shooting the B three exoskeleton right now. Um, that I've been I've been. I switched over to that probably about a month ago before this hunt, and uh, I'm shooting four fletch, two and a quarter vein tech. Yeah, you ever shoot? Swift. I I don't I can't find this um comment on here, but you ever uh someone's asking about that easy sight? You know what I'm talking about? Mm-mm. It's like the has no no you only get to use a pin and it has like a I don't know. You probably don't know what I'm talking I about. I've never used it either, so no. I we don't I could, can't answer. I was just thinking. No, I I can't answer on that one. Here's a question for you. What do you think about all these people going to no peep? I mean, they used to do it back in the day. <clears throat> I mean, I, in my opinion, I don't see how you can be very accurate with it. But I mean, again, I, I, it's nothing I've done. You know, it's like you know, the first thing you should do when you draw your bow back is center your side up in your peep. That should be the first thing you do. Yeah, is make sure it's centered because you're going to shoot left, right, high, low. Yeah, <clears throat> all over the place. I mean, that's a that's a thing as a as a young rookie pro archer when i first got on the tour i was like man i'm just barely missing these guys are just drilling it and that was like one of the big things that i learned just through trial just through sucking i guess not being very right um that i learned real quick like man i gotta be very very subconscious of that yeah it seems like anybody that changes to goes uh no peep they end up going back to a peep the guys i've talked to about i'm sure it's probably works fairly well you know if you can't see through a peep very good or if you have not tried to verify or magnify or something yep clarifier 
Russell asked, uh, what or who, who or what got you into archery? Oh, that's for Zeke. What about you? Who got you into? My dad. Yeah. My dad, he got me into it as a little kid. I wanted to, every little boy wants to do what their dad does. Yep. I wanted to hunt and kill stuff and not miss them. <laughs> I don't steal one of the animals sometimes. Ever had aftermarket strings change the bow? 100%. Yep. I've had aftermarket. I mean, there's, and, and sometimes, you know, you guys, like the average archer will never notice that much until after years. Yeah. By that time, it's for, you know, they're, they're, they need to put new strings, cables on. But I mean, you know, there's sometimes I shoot so much that it doesn't matter what string I put on my bow. I may have to put a twist in here or there just to, for a timing issue, which timing means where the, where the, uh, where the stops on the cams hit the cable at the same time. So sometimes I'll have to put a half twist of cable here and there. Uh, you know, that, that's another thing. Probably a lot of hunters overlook is they may be shooting their bow good and good and they don't go back to the shop to get that checked. Yeah. And it comes out of time and man, I'm just not shooting as good or my broadheads aren't flying as good. Well, the reason why they're probably not flying as good is because your bow's out of time. Yeah. That makes sense. What would so that, that guy, stuff. that guy mentioned it turned his bow into a tuning fork, like it vibrated or something. What would cause that? You think change what, it? So he what said, he said those, they changed the, went to custom strings and it made his bow feel like a tuning fork. The custom strings did? Yeah. Hmm, I guess I unless maybe the string diameter was different and they didn't get the factory specs right. Oh, like this too tight now or something? Mm -hmm. or, yeah. yeah I mean, it could it could have changed that a little bit. Philip the Wise asked, um, what do you like in an axle-axle length for a person with a 29-inch draw? String angles, what he means there probably? Yeah. Um. 29-inch draw as far as a hunting bow. I'm assuming these are all hunting-related questions, so this is just an assumption. 29-inch draw, um, I, I would suggest, you know, a 32-inch or longer. Yep. Well, like I said, I'm not far behind you. You know, I'm just a half-inch, three-quarters of an inch behind you there, and I like a 33. There you go. Uh, let's see here. Yeah, Josh up here. He says he was shooting a forty-three pound uh, recurve with. He's had three pass-throughs. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that buck I shot this year, my longbow, it went all Blew the way through him. Yeah. Yep. I think guys get caught up on that. I mean, like I said, I love the hunting public, and I love ranch. I mean, I don't love ranch ferry, but I love. I, mean, I like <laughs> ranch ferry. But uh, I mean, I, I don't have issue with. It. I mean, I don't know him personally, but I just think he, I just think he's kind of set a little bit of a. Fly flew into the camera. I don't know if you guys saw that. Bad. I, I, I guess he just got guys thinking that they got to have a real super heavy arrow. They know. All right. <laughs> David asks. Uh, I'll, I'll throw this up here. We can hunt till an hour after official sunset. So the sight light comes in handy. What uh, someone else earlier asked if we ran lights wow. on. That's late after sunset, an hour. Wow. Where are you from, David? If you if you can comment on there, I'd like to know. Just, just interesting. Never heard of that. The most I've ever seen is 30 minutes after sunset. So is he wanting to know what sight light? I think I think he's just saying a sight light comes in handy. Oh, I I, I agree with you hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be real nice, especially on a night where the moon's full and you got snow on the ground. <laughs> David, he also asked how important FOC is. Eh, I mean, it's important. I mean, you want to have a good front and center. Um, but 
you know, a lot of that's going to depend on, you know, on you and what you want your arrows to weigh and, you know, what you want. All that, every little thing matters. Yep. But you think you, you think know, they're going to be too much though? Like if guys are shooting, you know, thirty percent FOC, where all their weight is, it's too much. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know why you would ever want to shoot more than one hundred twenty-five grains up front with a with a with a with a with a, uh, with a compound bow. Yeah. On well, what about insert? How heavy insert do you run? Do you run a fifty? I think I think those Black Eagle outserts are fifty. Yeah. Um, but I mean, you know. That's that's plenty. Yeah, no, I mean, don't need any more. I mean, I shoot a hundred grain head, but yep. I, mean, I think you could definitely go too much because you got to remember the more weight you put out there, the more you got to have on the back. Right. What Josh asked, uh, Josh Hartwig, I said, why why would you run no peep? Like what what is some, the point? Some, those guys not having peeps. Some, in? some guys can't see through them very good. You know, like they they their pins get real blurry. Um, like uh what's the older guy on the hunting public greg no no no, oh, no. ted that, that, or uh, uh yeah is it ted that the guy that shoots all Iowa? the rubbing bucks yeah, yeah ted. his name's got, ted too i think i think i don't think he shoots a peep but just because he can't see through one i think he has trouble i think he, i think uh episode i watched he had trouble seeing through it yep all but, right but to answer your question i have no idea why you wouldn't other than if you just can't see yeah i guess that makes sense but uh I can't really see any of the questions. So, no, that's good. I think we're, um, yeah, outdoor nut man. Thanks for the donation. If you got a question, put it in here. I hope, I hope this was informative for everybody. I hope it wasn't like over, over anybody's head or, or anything. I don't think we got anything too technical. No, I think it was good. I, I think it was good. If you <laughs> good general stuff. You, we just, you can just think of common uh, sense for, for a bow hunter, though. It's good stuff. Like a lot of guys don't know how to tune a bow, and it's really not complicated once you like start. Yeah, there's Figuring not a lot of um there's really I, I have been contemplating this for a while and I've talked to you about it. I'm really starting to think about maybe doing something here uh, as a side business offering, you know, tuning setups and 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 helping maybe teach some people shoot some bows, but again, it's a time thing and money is time, but um, Yeah. Yeah, I am thinking about doing it. I just haven't for sure. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of people are talking about prices of bows aren't getting cheaper. No, they're not. Did I remember like my dad buying the new Matthew Switchback back in the day? I think it was like five hundred bucks for the bare bow. I don't remember. That was one of the. That was like the bow back in the day. <laughs> oh man, everybody man, wanted when that they thing. brought the Switchback out. It was like. Yeah, I remember that. Um, yeah. Well, you know, um, I got a buddy. I'm pretty sure he shot the Switchback all these years until this year. This was the first year he bought that bow. Oh really? This is the first year he. Sh so <laughs> what year was that? Was that two thousand eight? Probably, I bet. Was it two thousand? Maybe it'd been earlier. I that. thought it was like six or. Oh, could have been. I don't. I don't. I don't really remember. It. It was. I was in high school when it came out, so it could have been that early. It, it might have been. It could have been. It was, then, two, uh, no, I mean, it could have been two thousand six or seven. Well, whatever it was, I mean, he hunted with it for nearly twenty years. Yeah. Yeah. That's all he's hunted with. So, no, you don't have to buy the newest, latest, and greatest. Just get it tuned right. Right. Just make sure it tunes. You know, some of those older bows, you got to go through different arrows. You need different spines. All that really matters. Today's bows, you can kind of get by with a little bit more. Why is that? They're just better technology. Oh. Easier to tune. Yep. Games well, are different. I think I think we got every, all the for the most part, all the questions answered. 
um yeah a lot of people are saying the switchback was amazing yeah, yeah. dude i remember I like my dad, the dxt too the dxt was good i remember um i do i remember my dad bought that thing and like it was like he i don't even think he was gonna go buy a bow and he went to a shop and like i think it was just so different than everything else that was on the market at the time oh, it was i mean it was the bow to buy back then yeah that's it that's pretty rare for a company to was it was a baby was there the pse baby g or something was that i don't too? remember man dude at that time i was probably shooting like a I shot a I shot a Hoyt for a long time. A Hoyt, uh, it was like called an Ultra Mag or something. It was like their budget bow. And then I then I got I got upgraded to a Hoyt X Tech, and I shot an X Tech for a long time. I'm wondering if the Switchback wasn't older than 06. Now it might have. I don't I don't know. They had an Outback too before the uh, Switchback. Remember? Was it the Outback? They had the, before or after? The before it. It was before it. I'm pretty sure the Matthews Outback was before the Switchback. I have to look that up when I get done. Yeah, I'm curious now. we'll probably go to the comments and people will probably uh, fill us in. Um, 2005, the outback or switch back 2005. Any other questions on there? I don't Anybody think so. Anything? Well, guys, Ultra Mag. Yeah, I, I don't remember, man. No, no, it no. was a it was a bow I got for Christmas when I was like uh, probably 13 or something. I it was like the best thing ever happened to me. I I remember. <laughs> um. What was your very first bow? A Browning, you said? It was a Browning. The very first bow I really remember was a Browning Micro Midas. Yeah. I'm my, trying to think. I had another bow my dad bought me. It was a bear. Yeah. It was the first one I learned to shoot fingers. My, and, uh, I can't remember the... Mine was a uh, High Country Force. Yeah. Man, I remember High Country. That's whenever... They were kind of pretty big whenever I was, you know, coming up. Yep. When I was younger, shooting all the tournaments. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I I, I remember it because I got like a, they got it for me for Christmas, but I didn't, they didn't give it to me on Christmas. I had to go to a shop that like told me I was going to get one. And I went to this a little shop in Brownstown. It's not there anymore. Oh, uh, was the Eagles Nest or Poor Man's? Poor Man's. That was it. <laughs> That's a fitting fitting uh, name <laughs> for what I'm getting ready to tell you. So, but they did. So I was a little kid. I was like. I shot my first deer with a bow when I was 11. So it was probably when I was like nine or 10 when I got yeah. this bow and uh, they didn't have a weight I could pull in any of the bows. And my dad, my dad was wanting to buy me one, you know, and he took that high country force. We went to, they went to the local heart Brownstone hardware and he bought new longer limb, longer bolts. limb bolts for him. And he brought them back to the shop and, and changed them out. And so I could had the limbs less, uh, you know, less stress in the limbs or so. Yeah, that was my first, uh, Dude, I don't ever remember changing them out either. I think I, I think I just ran them that way. Oh my goodness. Yep. Well, hey, it worked. You got yeah, I guess it never did blow up or anything. I shot it because when we were kids, they didn't they didn't have any good bows. No, I wasn't very good options. I mean, now you know, look at my daughter's bow. I know it's crazy. They're loaded. I mean, yeah, it's loaded. Yeah, lots of good stuff out there. But I mean, they got QADs on them. They're seven. <laughs> yeah. Someone asked. Uh, David asked, what's the best state for public whitetails? I mean, if you could draw Iowa or Kansas, that would probably be the best for sure option. Like over the counter, though. I mean, Illinois. Illinois or Ohio, probably. Yeah, Ohio's um, probably got more public land, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, Illinois has a lot too, though. I mean, it has a decent amount. Ohio's got more terrain, though, where you can get a, I mean, a lot of. Yeah, can, it has a lot more. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Illinois. I hunt it this year, and I'll just be honest with you. That's where I'll be every year. <laughs> yeah, I just you got know back the from I texted you about. Yeah, it was yeah, good. It was awesome. Yeah. 
Uh, I think uh, Charles asked, what bow do you recommend people shoot if they are looking for a new one? I would recommend shoot all of them, man. Honestly. I would go to a shop that's got the big the big names. Uh, you know, Hoyt, yeah. Matthews, PSE, Prime, uh, Prime, Bowtech. I mean, is there another one I'm leaving out? No, not to not to anything. I'm. I mean, there's a lot of like you know obsession like said, in Athens and uh, all those obsession, guys. Obsession Athens, you know, go shoot those Darton. Yeah, Darton's really coming on strong too. Did they get? Did Darton get like rebought or something? Again, yeah, or? Randy Eagle or Randy. Um, Randy Kitts from Black Eagle Bottom. Oh, okay. I guess his last name, Kitts. It's Randy. Guy that owns Black Eagle yeah, Arrows. Black Eagle Arrows, yep. Oh, we darn. Those got that Darton, man, they came and gone so many times, it seems like. Oh, well, they've been around forever. They have I all, know. They have all the patents to yeah. all the cams. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Matthews, everybody. Yeah. All the patents. But, I mean, just that company's came. Like, it seems like. Yeah. It's they're, been a, it, it, I mean, they have, they're the ones, really, they kind of. So, every bow that's made, they get a cut of that? I think so. Man. That's a crazy. lot of bow companies use Darton as their patents. A lot of people don't know that. Yeah. Elite. I forgot about Elite. Oh, yeah. Elite. Yeah, they're really good, too. Um, anyway. All right, guys. I won't keep coupon here anymore. Thanks, everybody. If you like what we did, make sure you hit the subscribe button. And, um, yeah, maybe comment on here if you have any more questions or anything. And hopefully we'll see you guys here in a few days. Me and Dan will be back on. You guys have a, have a good night and talk to you later. Thanks, guys.